Welcome, and you're listening to Geekologist Radio 2.0, a division of the Ninja Pancake family of podcasts. Welcome to Geekologist Radio 2.0. This week we will discuss everything, all the content. Someone <laughs> did it to me again. This week we'll be discussing everything about the content we have been absorbing from like new original TV shows, TV shows that hit you with the nostalgia of being a 90s kid, and great new games that have been a big hit with the communities, and some that are coming out here in the near future. And we are very excited for it. <laughs> That was terrible. I should have rewrote that. <laughs> oh, man. It's so bad I started having an asthma attack. That's great. But this is Geekologist Radio, and that's what happens here. That was, Guys, that been, was pure garbage. Been. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's cracking me up. Now that you read Woo! that. I just, got an, I just got an update on here. You know, Nick is following me. It's so surprising. You know, he's my bro, only my brother-in-law and my co, you know, like the co, like creator this of the Geekologist Radio 2.0. But he's just now following the channel, people. Uh, shun the non-believer. But what we're getting ready to go into is our weekly update. It's been a bit, guys. It's, you know, Like I said, life has happened. Things go on. But we're here. We'll always be here. With this weekly update, we're going to start it off with a little, little more. Sounds like something pretty good in the horror front coming from AMC. Yeah, so, something that's right up your alley, especially with the CFDs hype that's happening around, your, around you and everybody. Terror on AMC. It's an original, uh, original TV series, and it is getting, pull up IMD, it's getting an 8.6 on IMDb. First episode was like a 9 rating. It's a crew of Royal Naval Expedition searching for the Arctic uh, Treacherous Northwest Passage in the 1800s, and basically what happens is that they have two ships and they get frozen in ice. And they're stuck, but they have enough supplies to last them for years. They planned on this ahead of time. They have supplies for three years, but something is, is in the wild. Something's out there. And it is creepy as hell. And as the episodes keep going, you keep discovering a little bit more of what's happening. It's basically a horror show. Really? And it's completely up your alley. You should jump on this right away. Actually, everybody should jump on this. Uh, your sister, my wife, loves horror. and But the pirate side of things, the ship's not really her thing. She's completely into okay. it, man. Okay. It's it's unbelievably how good this is, I know is, the man. first episode was two hours, right? Uh, Yeah, it was just basically two episodes, but yeah, yeah. It just AMC does it again, man. I'm At one after another, they, they come out with original content, original series, and this one, they just knock it out of the park again, man. I, I enjoy this uh, series a lot. It's a new series. You definitely should be watching it. I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed in you. I, I, I haven't watched, to be honest, I haven't picked up really a controller or watch tv in a week that's good um, just had a lot good of for you though going yeah, on. yeah so yeah i mean for me yeah that's a huge thing like i, I picked up well of course i picked up a controller when i was dusting i was actually dusting. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you sometimes grown men have to dust 
This this sounds really good. I, I originally thought that this was based off of a true story, but when you say creature, I'm starting to think it is this like like I start thinking I thought I start thinking polar uh, bear. Finding the Northwest Passage and Arctic, I believe, is based off something true. But this this takes a wild, wild horror twist. And Okay. When you first kind of touch into it, it's not really uh, the horror twist is not really there, and then something big happens, and you think it's just an animal out there in the Arctic, so that the scare factor is not there. But then when you find out it's something much, much larger, much bigger, then you start getting freaked out. You know, like a a, a, a is this a bomb? I was gonna say that, but I was fumbling the word like a Sasquatch kind of thing. Well, I don't know yet. I don't know yet. I, it's a prequel to Star Wars. <laughs> it's a Wampa. This is how Star Wars is started. Uh, that's beautiful. <laughs> actually, actually, however, Star Wars is our past. If you know, Star Wars takes place in a uh, long, long time ago. See, far, far, away, far, yeah. far away. So that means humanity started in space a long time ago. We just lost our technology when we came <laughs> here. So we're just trying to find our way back into the land of Star Wars. The comet took out the uh, dinosaurs and our technology. Yes, that's exactly what happened. And all the wampas. But not one. <laughs> one survived. That's in terror. <laughs> Great new show on AMC. Everybody should take check it out. Now, another new, not new show, but a reboot of something that I grew up with in the 90s. And that's Roseanne. Now, that's something normally I wouldn't bring up on this show. But because I grew up with it and watched it and loved it so much, I, I decided, hey, you know what? Why not? Let's check out the first two episodes because the first the first week they dropped two episodes. And unbelievable how funny it was. I know Dan died in the previous series. Yeah. They just they just brought it back like he was sleeping the whole time and he was wearing a mask for a sleep apnea. That's it. It was one quick line and they dropped it. And he's back in, he's back alive and he's back into it. And I was like, perfect. How they wrote it in there was perfect. They made fun of themselves for one, for actually killing him off in the first place. And then they made fun of themselves for bringing him back in like one sentence. Well, it's kind of funny though, the whole thing, because see, he was killed off because he was in a fight with Roseanne. Yeah, Mark. yeah. And that's why he got killed off of the show in the first place. So now all of a sudden they're all cool and they're back doing it, which is great. I like it when, when groups are able to get back together and do stuff like this. But there's something that's interesting. Like, I haven't looked into it because I wanted to be surprised by watching it. But I want to ask you, how do they how do they tackle the two Beckys? Original Becky is going to be a surrogate mother for second Becky in, in the series. So they bring it up in the first episode. Original Becky is in her 40s. <laughs> late 40s which darlene happily points out to her and that she shouldn't be having a baby but second becky actually tries to hire somebody to be her to be to be her surrogate uh mother or you know carry her child for her. and she hires first becky second becky is not part of the family she's in the show but she's not part okay. of the family at all and so this uh, this is how she'll be included in the show throughout it is because small role she'll be... small role for her and we know her from Scrubs she's a big actress so I don't think she really needs you know original Becky I don't yeah, remember yeah. how much stuff she was in after Roseanne I don't she quit acting for quite a while actually then came back John Goodman and Roseanne Barr were both on Howard Stern and they had an interview again her co host you know co co interview with Howard. And they brought up how the show came back on. And how it came back on is that John Goodman was actually on Darlene's... Uh, I'm dropping the actress's name. I apologize. He was on her show, The Talk. It's kind of by like The View, but it's The Talk and it has uh, yeah. Sharon Osbourne on it. And they did a sketch and they kind of made fun of Roseanne. And they thought that was fun. And actually Darlene... Roseanne 
contacted Darlene and, and was saying how good that was. And she thought it was really funny. And Darlene said, yeah, we should bring the whole thing back. And actually Darlene, I keep saying Darlene, but she actually started this. She actually started the, the show to come back, you know, and get the reboot going. And then Whitney Cummings got her hands onto it. And she was on Howard Stern too, a couple months, six, seven months ago. And she talked about the reboot and she's the, the executive producer on it. And I guess Roseanne is just raving about her, how organized she is, how well she's putting the show together. And they they have uh, some great funny comedians as writers right now. Uh, Norm MacDonald's one of them who's one of my favorite comedians. And it gets, you can see his yeah. impact on the show and some of his jokes. Probably written for John Goodman because John... Uh, anyways, four episodes in, man. And already I'm like, this is back. I, I, they did it perfectly. So first week we had a uh, 5.2 rating, 18.4 million. That's what they used to get back in the day. We, you don't ever see numbers like this anymore. Second week, 15.4 million. Yeah. And then the third week, 13.5 million. That's a huge drop if it was back in the day, you know, back in the early 90s with six channels. Mm -hmm. But nowadays, this is huge numbers. And it might be the nostalgia thing and it might that might fall off eventually. But it's actually really good writing, man. That's cool. Like I, I, I definitely want to give it a chance. Like I was, I, I mean, I, I was, I didn't originally. Originally, I was like, I mean, even if, and anybody who's our longtime listeners knows that back, you know, when we first heard about this, I know Chris and I were both like, all of us were kind of like dogging on the fact of this coming back because it took, you know, it took back down the show that uh, T Tim Allen had. You know, was oh yeah, yeah, his, uh, yeah, his rev. Last man, uh, standing. last man standing. That was standing. actually not. I, I watched it a couple yeah. times. Uh, I don't mind sitcoms yeah. once in a while, but that wasn't too bad. There's just too much good TV on to spend a half hour of some silly sitcom. You know what I mean? Roseanne is good. You definitely should catch up to it. You're a '90s kid. I'm a '90s kid. And then one other thing that I just decided to watch the other day on Amazon because I have Showtime on Amazon. I decided, which I love, that you can use the Amazon app and watch Showtime. It's really great. I decided I'm just gonna start watching Billions. I never caught up with Billions. I never started watching them. I love Paul Giamatti. Holy crap, dude. This show is amazing, man. This show is incredible. I'm already almost done with season two, and I'll catch up with season three. And when I'm done with season three, I'll do a review on it. I don't need to stretch it out too long here, Damien, but it's a show that's right up your alley too. Beautiful writing. The interwebs and the intertwine between the characters and the two different worlds and how they bring them together and then pull them back apart and how they kind of, kind of backstab each other. But at the same time, they're in love with each other. It's crazy. It's great. Paul Giamatti's fantastic in it, man. I've, I've always been interested. In it. It's just one of those ones that I haven't taken the, the Too many good to shows. Watch. I jumped in and now I'm stuck. Speaking of too many good shows, there's we, we've talked about this a little bit in the past. We've talked about Amazon and them winning the bid for the Lord of the Rings series. Now, there's been a lot more news that has come up with this. And I basically, I wrote kind of like a quasi-article. and I'm just going to kind of riff off of that. Basically, the push for the next fantasy king of television is on. And if Amazon has anything to say about it, they'll be the next powerhouse offering ahead of Netflix and HBO. Amazon's purchased the rights for themselves to produce and air Lord of the Rings, the series. By doing this, they, they had to basically go in and say, hey, we will commit to a five season minimum. A five season minimum. So that's, we get five years of this, wow. of this show. Okay. That, that that's before we even know if it's going to be any good five years five seasons how much is that going to cost how much is that going to show was i just well, talking about yeah uh yeah you're talking yeah. about billions right yeah so it just 
Uh, it's estimated to ta- cost upwards to a billion or wow. more just for the production pricing of five seasons. That's that's crazy, man. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be the most expensive TV show ever. And it's not even on TV. It's on Amazon Prime. So it's a stream. It's a streaming show. All right. Now with that, now if you start to think about it, that's not too outlandish. You know, we we act, we just acted like it's outlandish, but it's really not because you gotta break it down and think. If both HBO's Game of Thrones and Netflix's most recent Altered Carbon came in at about seven million an episode, it's no joking matter that Amazon, who dominates online sales, they want to have an equal take in the fantasy genre or anything that they can. They want their streaming their streaming stuff to stand Absolutely. out. They're gonna they're gonna push the money out. Like they're gonna push the money out. They're gonna be like, hey, these guys did this. Well, we're gonna do it too, guys. The other crazy thing is is that they're actually getting Peter Jackson is connected with this now. He's connected on as an executive producer. That's good news for Amazon. Yeah, I mean, this is this is just some craziness going. Nick, what are some of your thoughts? Well, my my initial thought is that five years is a long time to cement yourself into a TV series that you're not sure is good yet. Most most companies won't do that. They'll give you, you know, uh, if it was something new, they'd give you, what, eight to ten episodes, maybe twelve. If it's something old like Lord of the Rings that you know you could sell, yeah, they'll probably give you thirteen episodes, up upwards of twenty, but I'm sure this Lord of the Rings is going to be an hour each. So probably thirteen episodes tops. If it was a half hour, I could see twenty episodes. So five years based on something that's not even done yet or produced or been casted yet is crazy. Adding in the a billion dollars estimate or or more, I know Amazon can afford it. I don't feel bad for them if it doesn't work out. That's just a crazy amount for somebody to jump in with both feet. Proud of Amazon for doing it. I want to see this series. You saying Peter Jackson's going to be involved in it does give it hope. Be a hope because he will be able to move that train into the right direction. Amazon is looking to have this first season of this of the new Lord of the Rings series out, which is actually going to be a prequel. To the entire Lord of the Rings, the, so Hobbit, everything. The whole, the whole five prequel. seasons are. The whole story, the whole story. Yes. Wow. So this is going to explain the battles that went on with the rings when the rings were first made and everything. This is this is craziness. So we're not talking about we're talking about a lot of stuff that's going to go on that was going to basically say, hey, we're going to do five seasons worth. And guess what? Eventually, we're going to have this like just. This con where you can go and you can just watch the whole... We're just going to keep streaming everything all through. And then you'll go into the movies. And then all through this. And remember, we're just going to give you the movie. We're not just going to show you the movies. We're going to show you the movies that were not cut. Yeah, so if you have the Lord of the Rings uh, trilogy and the Hobbit trilogy already as a base, I guess you can intertwine the original content or the new content with the original content. And make that work, yeah. And actually, that is exactly what they planned. This has been the most... The lawyers that for Amazon have said that this has been the most technically technical hardship and just crazy deal that they have ever... I bet, yeah. ...part of setting up. Because they actually had to go to New Line and get the rights to be able to use some of the content from the movies. They had to work something out with that. Now, they're looking to have the first season out of the new Lord of the Rings series as soon as possible, which is looking like 2019. The same That's way too quick, right? Well, well, if you think about it, we're not even casted yet though, filming. right? There there's a lot of stuff we don't know about. All right. 
that probably has already happened. The sets are still there in New Zealand. They built the sets and left a lot of them there as tourist sites. A lot of the sets can be revisited and reused. So they have all that stuff, that the structure stuff there. And what they can't, they have Wingnut's uh, connection to uh, uh, Weta for, for their all their, their CGI and also, more importantly, their practical effect needs. Okay. Now that gives you a leg up. Yeah. What we know about the series is that it's set in Middle Earth, the television adaptation to explore new story lighting storylines preceding J.R.R. Tolkien's The Fellowship of the Ring. This so this could this is gonna take place before the Fellowship of the Ring. Maybe so this might take place either before the Hobbit, so for season one, two, whatever could take place before the Hobbit, then they could go with the Hobbit and then tell stories in between. Okay. In, in, in between The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, kind of leading up. This deal also, what I forgot to say, is that this deal also includes a potential spinoff series on top of this series. Like uh, Elves Alone or something? The, like I, I don't know, but okay. they... what When I hear spinoff series, the first thing I think of is there's something that's original content that they have... That 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 counts under that falls underneath it. That's a video game that would be great for them to tap into as a spinoff series. The Lord of the Rings games that we've been playing right now, Shadow of the uh, Shadow of War and Shadow of Mordor would be Shadow of Mordor, Shadow of War. Okay. The the two that are out would make a great spinoff series. So if this takes off, maybe we will actually get to see that as a spinoff series. Weren't you the one saying just make Shadow of Mordor, just make that <laughs> yes get into the yeah. series? Now it's sounding like that is the potential. Might get your wish. Yeah, I might. I might yeah. actually get my wish. They listen. Yeah. But what we also know is that actor Ian McKellen has expects er, expressed great interest in reprising his role as Gandalf the Grey. That's first of all, Ian McKellen is one of the greatest people on the earth. He's amazing. Yes. His 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 social media, whenever he's posted anything, he's like one of the best people out there. And if he says he wants to come back to the series, you better let the man back in the series. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's Magneto. Yeah, I mean, but he's 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 perfect as Gandalf. He's Gandalf. Yeah, yeah, he is. He he is he is perfect. So that is basically the excitement like oh my god, oh my god, oh my god that I had for Amazon's uh Lord of the Rings coming up. I was super like I read about it. I'm like I have to write about this. Yeah. I have to just really get into the nitty-gritty of it because there is there's a lot of excitement that goes with this. Like I go back to like the Ralph Bosky animation, like you know, going back to he did The Hobbit and then he did The Return of the King or The Lord of the Rings was done by another uh, another artist who did uh uh did some other stuff, but the those two films were really like animated films were really great growing up and everything okay when we're talking about 80s and yeah 90s stuff. yeah well i think that may have actually because it's late 70s <laughs> but i was not born then i was not born then you're not that old yet <laughs> no not yet not yet going from the lord of the ring to the fighting into mordor and all that stuff uh why don't we take to the front lines with avengers infinity war there's been uh, some scuttling around of information constantly with this stuff going on, but this one is more importantly uh, connected to something that, I mean, a character that's near and dear to our heart. It's um, Spider-Man. In fact, if you're watching this, and when we get started uploading these things on YouTube, you'll be able to see, there was an international standee that had a picture taken of it, and it shows Iron Spider 
And so we've seen our people be like, oh, well, we've seen Iron Spider. It's, it's he's colorful. He's not he's not the red and yellow that we were expecting to see. This one actually shows Tom Holland's Iron Spider with his extra arms. You can see in the picture that there is yes, there is some of that typical Iron Man gold coloration. Through, okay, yeah, but there is more and more red and blue accents to that, or actually that more take up the majority of the arms. Where the gold, which is what we all kind of know from the comics and the series, that's how his costume is in the comics. Yeah, it's a gold. Yeah, yeah, we we all know it. From is just what ex- accents his Iron Spider suit in this. But the the picture is really really cool. I mean, it's it's a standee, so we know that this is something that he's gonna look like in in the film. The question now is, what are his arms gonna do? Like, I mean, we see him jumping around. What are you like? We don't. Yeah, because we see in the trailer, it opens up and he's on the school bus, and something Thanos has unleashed something above New York City. It's a big spinning wheel uh, mechanism, and you see him jumping out of the school bus. And at that point, he doesn't have the iron suit, so we don't know what point he gets the iron suit in the movie. Obviously, he gets with uh, Iron Man at some point. In the conversation between Chris Pratt and Robert Downey Jr., where Chris Pratt is basically crapping on his plan, Spider <laughs> Spider Man's in the background there. Uh, Tom Holland, do you see him in the in the Iron Suit? Th- he's in the Iron. Yeah, he is he in is. Iron Suit. And it looks okay. like they're and it already and it would make sense because it looks like they're on another planet. At that okay, point. that's incredible, man. Because they, this has not been released anywhere else, I believe. No, this is like this might be this be... might be a. A huge spoiler. Oops. Knowing no, but knowing that we knew he had the iron suit anyways, and we know this is part of the iron suit. But uh, you showing me this is is really really cool, man. Yeah, I mean, I found the picture. You can there's only a couple places that have I couldn't it find it. This yeah, was, yeah. Originally, it was really easy to find when it first came out, and then it started getting taken down at a lot of. It seems sites. like it because the only one I could find was a a terrible cropped one that only showed like a little bit of his arms but then it showed the whole coloration or the extended of this picture right here yeah this is impressive man and i'm I'm really excited for this movie and every time i find something else out i'm more excited closing with the avengers type of talk with this because you know we we, we're going to be talking a lot more about this in the future when we get more information but have you seen also there's a meme going around that's right now it's talking about how black panther just surpassed the titanic yeah and then it shows and it shows just the the money that's been made in film and then there's a picture of Thanos underneath it all, and it says, hold my beer. <laughs> yeah, I have seen that. Yeah, that was pretty funny. And then have you seen the promo picture, too, of the Avengers that somebody redid, but it's just Hawkeye at the front? Where's Hawkeye? We don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is interesting because we know that Hawkeye and Ant-Man and Wasp are in this, but we have not seen them. Like, it's like, like we don't, I mean, the thing is, is that with so many characters in this, and we know that there's going to be losses. These characters, and and the other thing is, we know that Ant Man uh, and the Wasp takes place right before the Infinity Wars. So we, that's the problem is we're getting we're going to get that movie after Infinity Wars happens. <sighs> yeah, which it we it technically should have come out before so that we would know why they might not necessarily be in it at the beginning. Maybe maybe those three are together. I don't think Hawkeye's with Ant-Man and Wasp, but maybe they have an ancillary mission that's taking them some some other place, yeah. some small thing. They gotta maybe they're the ones that have to fly up and go to the collector. I, I don't even see them doing that. I, actually, I don't see yeah. them doing much in this movie. There's too many characters. 
And but I don't know, maybe Hawkeye's the hero at the end of all this. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm fine with that. I actually have to be a fan of Hawkeye. However, I want to see Hawkeye wear the mask. This is beginning to get frustrating. This is <laughs> Marvel. This is about as aggravating as Wolverine not wearing the mask. Hey, by the way, you know, you haven't commented on the fact. You haven't messaged me. You haven't called me. You haven't let me know anything about when we're going to see Wolverine or, you know, because I'm expecting to see him. I'm expecting to see Hugh Jackman in his spandex suit with that mask. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for bringing the hero back and making him sign a 10 year or a 10, a 10 uh, movie contract. We appreciate it. And it's fine. You can give him that, yeah, that, you know, that Houston uh, uh, serum. It's good. We're fine. Hawkeye, by the way, and I know we're getting off the Avengers talk, but he is the least unpeeling Avenger to me anyways. And even when they try to bring in his family to make him have a little bit of backstory, I didn't really care. Uh, I did like him in the first Avengers movie. I, I just didn't. I liked him in the first Avengers movie. I liked him as Loki's little sidekick there. It, it was something different. He's been through more as an Avenger personally than anybody else has. And he has a family with kids. He's just, you know, he's, he doesn't have superpowers or anything. <laughs> he's just Hawkeye. Well, see, see that. But the thing is, is that actually showing the kids and showing the family that made him a closer to for me and actually he's and see that's one of he's one of my brothers yeah characters. hawkeye's great and, and even on the dc side i love you know i love arrow i love both these characters they mimic yeah. each other but you know huh. <laughs> he's not my favorite <laughs> <laughs> all right well getting out of like our recap and and just kind of hype stuff that we were talking about gonna get into our game chat so Pick up your controllers, whether they be special made storm nice. controllers with uh, new trigger stops that would be nice. installed. Those are nice. Yeah. Yeah, they're nice. It basically makes it an elite without the elite. I am going to be adding in the oh, yeah? removable, removable D-pad and all that stuff here soon, too. But uh, <laughs> aside from that... <laughs> Uh, little little thing for people. Who side are side for it. your yeah, tinkering. This on YouTube. Yeah, my tinkering. You know, it's uh, it's damn problems that Amazon gets you into. It's like, hey, you can buy this for this, yeah. and it's like, oh, I don't. That's, that's out of warranty. I'll just tell me about I'm married. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh my god. Uh, so PUBG. That I mean, we, we we talk about it. it seems like each week PUBG, but the thing is, there's we got certain games here. You got games that go into your rotation, and you got games that become like. I'm off work. I just want to get, I want to feel like I'm doing something, but I don't want to necessarily play a whole lot. They got, they got a lot out there nowadays. Now it's, um, I mean, we have the options to be able to play games that just have, you know, 15, 20 minute, you know, 15, 20 minute rounds. That's why I'm a call of duty fan. Cause I would jump on there. Maybe I had a half hour to play three or four matches of team death match, maybe, you know, something else, whatever other match, you know, capture the flag. And that's it. I got to go, you know? So it's, it's, it, those games are, have their place. And, and PUBG and Fortnite have, have taken this and made it into a whole new thing where one game is the game. There's, you know, that is, that is the game right there. There's nothing else more to it. And so we talk about it every week, but of course it's in our rotation because sometimes we're limited in, on gaming time, you know? Especially being family. Being people. dads, you only have so much time to do stuff, and they're at weird hours. But PUBG on Xbox, since I'm a 
straight up Xbox One X player. If you play on the Xbox One S or the Xbox One, there's still rendering rendering issues. I've my teammate two nights ago was stuck in between two floors in an apartment building and we basically shot him. You know, team killed him, which is funny to play around with them, throw grenades at him and stuff like that, but it's still a pain in the butt, you know. If you play on the X though, I haven't had any rendering issues ever. As soon as I jump out of the plane, hit my parachute, everything is rendered for me perfectly. I, I've not had one problem yet. So if you're a big fan of the PUBG and you don't have an Xbox One X, maybe try to invest into that or go to the PC side of things if you want to play on PC. But the big news coming out is one, they did come out with a patch that they're fixing a lot of the a lot of the issues they have. One was the car damage. You do give more car damage now in the last update when you hit somebody. If you're on like in a squad and you hit somebody at full speed, it will knock them. Uh, less car damage for yourself when you're hitting little things like a tree, a rock, or something like that. Second thing is that the first three play zones, the blue circle will give you less damage. I think it was 0.4 to 0.8, the 0.6 to 0.8. And then the next three will give you significantly more damage. So at the end of the game, the strategy does change where people can't hang out anymore and start hitting the med kits and start hitting the first aid kits and the pain kills and all that stuff and kind of hang out in the blue area and then rush in real quick. You have to get in there. You, you So it's making the end game a little bit quicker. Uh, some of the other good news that's coming out is that Miramar, the desert map, is coming out to Xbox One X. It's coming out in May. Uh, I'm excited for that. I know you're excited for that. Oh, yeah, I'm really excited for it. I mean, because I have, I don't have a lot of clothing options. Even with that 30K or whatever they gave me, didn't get a lot of difference. Got a lot of repeats. I have the perfect desert outfit. It's, it's, it's like dirty, but it's like that dusty color. I put that on. I can lay down. Nobody's going to see me. It's like having a desert ghillie suit. Yeah, I just want one of those, like, flimsy like safari hats like uh, kevin hart and jumanji you know i want one of those that'd be cool excellent movie <laughs> <laughs> another thing though that has come out and i believe they came out on e3 you can correct me damien if this news did not come out on e3 I, I apologize but the pc side of version is getting a smaller map it's a quarter of the size so basically when you drop out of the plane Came out of GDC, not E3. Oh, GDC. Okay, thank you. Basically, when you jump out of the plane, you could jump out at any point and you fly to any edge of the map. And this is a much quicker fight than the other two maps. It's a, a faster paced game. I'm, I'm going to really enjoy this. The second thing they announced is a war mode. It's basically team deathmatch, guys. But they call it the war mode and you don't die right away. Actually, it's the first team to a certain amount of points. I can't remember if it was 60 or 80. It, it basically, yeah, it's basically based on off of battlefield where you have tickets okay so the better team the better team obviously is going to win yet you have your tickets and as your tickets tick i'm down, happy about getting lose. a different type of PUBG mode instead of just a battle royale that will give us a little bit of different and actually bring in some more players that are not enjoying the battle royale side of things and maybe would like the team deathmatch more Another thing that I saw that a lot of people are wanting, I don't know if this is confirmed, so I'm asking you, Damien, if you if you heard about it, is that at the beginning screen, people really want an opportunity to pick which map they want to play, especially on PC, since you have two maps right now, and then you're about to have a third map. They are actually saying that they'll you'll be able to do like a vote, basically, kind of thing. That's perfect. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, because right now, as it is, is random. PC, you go into a game, and it's random. You don't know if you're getting Miramar, if you're getting the other. And you, know, you might have just gotten onto PC and be excited, you know, be excited. Oh, now I can play the other maps because I've been playing yeah. on Xbox. 
and you might you be the rotation RNG can be a bitch. You don't know. I mean, obviously, sixteen hats and you know a lot of the same colored shoes and pant blue pants. Um, you know, it just so you could change it. Yeah, so you don't know what map you're playing. It's be tough to change your clothes. And the smaller island that's coming out is called Savage. By the way, the the it's a fourth of the other island, and that's the one I'm actually most excited for. I hope that comes to Xbox. Speedy games, we yeah, just, it will. Everything, everything that come that comes out on PC will come to Xbox. In fact, to the point right now where they are working on setting up a test server for Xbox, where you'll be able to go in. Correct. Before Xbox, in, Xbox insiders will have access to download. Now, just so you know, if you own the game and then you download, you're an Xbox insider and you download this, you are downloading another client. This client is the test client, which will allow you to test updates or game modes that are going to be coming out in the future. But that will also not count as updates for like your standard game. So if you have a metered internet connection, it's always good to be mindful of the size of your download downloads just so you don't get over it okay oh that's good that's really good information there i didn't know anything about that so i'm looking excited i'm excited for that and basically uh savage i heard august late august early september for xbox one x so i'm this year for PUBG. it's gonna be huge for the xbox players it came out in december so you know look forward to that guys you're i know like one of the things like what's been going on like the kids and everything everybody's been we've all been playing fortnite i've gotten a little more into involved with fortnite i was playing duos with my son and uh one of the things about the more you play it yes the better you yeah. get but it's also the balancing that they've been putting out it's starting okay they, they put out this new this new tool and my son a lot of a lot of the the pros and stuff like they naysay on this thing it is an instant fort building grenade Oh, my son had that. He he found something, and you basically throw it down and build a fort for you right away. Yeah, a big one, uh, and it's got and it's a lot of it's metal and everything. It was so really like, cool. Yeah, yeah. So it's really nice, and it helps. I felt like what it was is instantly when I was playing, and I and I get find this thing. I'm like, oh. <laughs> This is a tool for people like me who can't build the things really fast, but it gives me a little little bit of a chance. Maybe that's what I have too, is that my son, I'm playing duos with my son too. Maybe that's the problem I'm having too, Damien, is that I, my building technique and how fast I can do it is a lot slower than other players. And then watching like Ninja on, on stream or on Twitch, he's extremely fast at doing it uh, to the point where he won 5k from Drake. Drake bet him 5k if he can get the win. He, he's, he's crazy at building and my 14 year old, Who's have, I think he's at like 20 wins now. He's really good at building. He just out, I, when I play with him, like build, build for me, build for me, do stuff, you know, I, I'm too slow at it. I watch, I watch my, my buddy, uh, Captain Jack Sparrow when he's playing. I also watch Professor Broman, Gathalian, Tim from, uh, you know, AKA The Darkness. I, I, I watched all these streamers that, and, and I watched how that quickly they build. Captain Jack Sparrow got his start on Xbox. And so he was really good with building it, building on there. I kind of did some twitches or twitch play, trying to do not twitch as in the what we're on right now in RRL, but like trying to set up my controller for twitch play, which is similar to like uh, ideally a mouse and keyboard. What I was doing was remapping things on my on my elite, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna try this. I, I re did the same program, the same profile, and uploaded onto my my scuff elite. You know, just because of the the way that the on a scuff elite, you know. It's the pant the flaps are all down directly down the center and it worked i find it works better for the building stuff it works better on my scuff elite 
than I have on when I'm playing with my actual elite for building on the fly. Yeah, so I dropped this I dropped this grenade and it builds this big fort. My son is livid with me. He's like, we should have saved that. Da, 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 da. Well, <laughs> in the process of dropping it, I, we were down low and on this hill and somehow it, it, we got kind of trapped and the wall was closing in. I killed myself <laughs> and then he died shortly after as he was running away. And we would have, otherwise I think we probably would have got the win. And I, I still have yet to get a win in Fortnite. It was fun. I'm enjoying it. They came out with a skin that I really like and the skin it a lot of people would call it the zur you're right that's what it was it kind of reminded me of like a raven costume kind of you know does that make yeah. sense you know like a dark well it's called the raven it's called the oh i see i didn't even know man yeah but exur yeah. that's perfect that's what it reminds me of yeah, yeah. It, yeah, but he's actually, it's actually also taken off of a PlayStation and PC game, not Paladins, uh, it was called, I actually forget the name of it, but it was based off of one of those characters. Yeah, it looks awesome, it's creepy, I have yeah. it, I love, and then, then uh, I also will admit that I got the, I got the flight. The glider. Uh, the glider, yeah. and it has the wings coming in, I mean, I had to. I have, if people don't know, I, I love your raven up. crows, ravens yeah. and stuff. Yeah, I got I actually got them tattooed on me. And so, yeah, I got that. It's like now I'm like, okay, I don't I don't think I could ever want to play as a different character. I say that now, but the minute that they they put out like a lycanthrop that I can run around as, you know, a wolfman, I'll, I'll be all over that. That would be cool, yeah. But the skins and the emoji, uh, not the emojis, but the little... Uh, the emotes, emotes. Uh, he was all about those, and so he has the one emote where it does the yeah. for the for people listening. I'm doing something in my arms here that I don't know. You do it. So he's doing. Yeah, he's doing the the. It looks basically like uh, Michael, Michael Jackson. Jackson's yeah, killer. yeah. And I I got that okay, too. Cool. I I did. Yeah. yeah. I I couldn't miss any. I got that. I was like okay, and I actually played a couple rounds, and I was doing that over people. Got a little too cocky, and then got. Got myself shot in the process. <laughs> Going from Fortnite, there is something that's been all over the place. And like, so I, I talk mostly about Xbox and that's because Xbox and PC, because that's kind of where my heart is, except for, I, I admit that my past was Nintendo. Yeah. And I have always had a love for Sony products, Sony products and Sony games. I mean, Sony was the distributor for EverQuest. So, I mean, they created something that I have memories going back and playing games with my brother. So on the PC and some of the big adventures that I had that I actually, to this day, remember comes from something that they produced. A game that I've always followed, but never really played too much of i played a handful of times with friends houses and stuff god of war god of war came out on the playstation 2 and at that point in time i had just basically had a big change in my life and i wasn't really playing video games anymore and i remember i booted back up my old playstation 2 was living somewhere new i went to gamestop over in my my clackamas area and i found this game and i asked the guy i was like what is the good god i mean not god of war what was the good playstation 2 game right now he said god of war two and i said well i haven't played the first one he's like well the first one's on sale so i bought the first one i was so hooked to this game that i remember that my ex-girlfriend woke up about four or five in the morning and i got off swing shift at 10 30 and she said what are you still doing awake and i said i have to find pandora's box like i cannot find it i have to find pandora's box right now and she just looked at me and said go to bed and that memory sticks in my head of how much this game sucked me in and as soon as i beat god of war one I went to GameStop and bought God of War 2. And actually, I this is my favorite series of all time. I actually bought a PS Vita off of eBay 
so I could play Chains of Olympus. And then the second God of War game that came out on PS Vita, I'm, I don't know, I forget the name right now, but they had two and I played both of them. I love both of them. And then God of War 3 came out on PlayStation 3, but actually before then they came out with God of War Collection and I beat one and two again because <laughs> I won the new trophies on PS3. And then I beat God of War 3 on, on the PlayStation 3, which was amazing series uh, to the point that, uh, to the point where I don't have any tattoos like Damien does, but that was the tattoo I was going to get. I was going to get Kratos's face on my arm. I love Kratos so much. He's my favorite character of all time through all video games. And I'm a Nintendo head too. Zelda's right up there with me. But I love this game so much that I knew this was going to be a big game. And I'm talking about God of War that's coming out April 20th. And I know it's just the title is God of War, by the way. But I know you're talking about PlayStation. PlayStation to me has better single player games than Xbox has been able to develop like Last of Us for PlayStation and God of War. Those are two mainstays. But there's the reviews on this game, Damien, started coming out. I, I knew it was going to be good, man. I haven't seen a bad review yet or even a question. Oh, 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. I haven't 10, even seen a questionable 10, 10 10. review yet. And I'm so excited. I pre-ordered. I never do this, man. I never do this. I pre-ordered the Fancy Pants bundle. I got myself the necklace. I got myself the comic book. I spent the extra $80. I spent $80 on it. Don't tell my wife. And <laughs> She would have bought it for you she, anyway. I don't yeah, she would have. I'm so excited just to get my necklace in the mail, man. I'm so excited to get my comic book. I, I went out and bought the Pops uh, that I found the last yeah. one. Actually, my son found the last one for me. I'm hyped, dude. So like you were oh, for yeah. CFDs, like I'm, I can't wait for April 20th to come. And, and, and I talked to you about it. Todd McFarlane has out his fig- version of the figure. You saw like the two foot tall version. Yeah. There's a like, there's like a, a 13, there's like a 12, 12 inch or 13 yeah. inch one. That's, that's something like that, that they have. And those, that's a GameStop exclusive. I told you about that. I almost, I almost purchased it because I had some, some percentage off. And I was like, and I don't even have a PlayStation. That's, I just love the character. Kratos is amazing, uh, man. Kr- and this one, what's great about this one is he's taking on Norse, mytholo- myth- Norse mythology in this one. And he's taking on a kid. And it's kind of remind. He's not. He's not taking on a kid. He's that's his yeah. Son. Yeah, correct. It, it's taking a piece of what Last of Us did so well. And soon mm-hmm. as they brought this up, whether they bring this up in E3 last year or the year before, I believe two years ago they brought this up in E3. And I was like, I was like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. And I don't crazy fanboy out like that too much. But this game just it, it it hits me, man. I love this series so much. It's my favorite series of all time. I'll say that over and over again. Yeah. I've heard a lot in this one about the characters being very similar to that. Uh, they took a lot, of, a lot of takes on the characters and they said they did. Uh, Last of Us is something that I've heard a lot of people comment on. And it's just going to be interesting what, you know, what they do with Kratos's son, because I mean, this is something they could do. I mean, if they wanted to jump ahead, they could do something really dramatic and do something similar to like Red Dead Redemption, where at the end, you know, John Marston, your main character, dies, and then you're not done playing the game yet. You jump in, and it's his son, and he's older, and now you're going and you redeem your, you know, you're going for redemption for your father. Could you imagine? Like, I mean, granted, we haven't saw anything like this, but could you imagine if they did something like that? Because he's teaching his son how, yeah, to, how to be. Yeah, that that would bum me out because I love Kratos so much, and his son. Well, same here. Yeah. His son is uh, Arturius. Uh, I could see it. Well, let's see. Let's see how. The, let's see how the game okay. goes, and maybe I fall in love with that character because The Last of Us. I fell in love with basically Ellen Page. I fell in love with her, 
And in this in Last of Us Two coming out, it looks like she has a more prominent role, and maybe she's the main character this time. Yeah, it looks like she. Yeah, which would be amazing, time. and I'd be so for that. But I wasn't attached to the Last of Us as I am from God of War since uh what. 2008 2007 god of war one came out so i mean i'm going on over a decade here of me uh loving this game and i'm so happy they're starting over it's god of war it's a new thing and you know they jumped ahead from god of war 3 and i know i'm not spoiling anything but basically he takes down mount olympus uh, by himself <laughs> i mean it was an amazing final game a lot of people didn't like it as much as god of war one or two and i agree with them but anyways more on that as when the god of war game comes out and maybe i'll go through and i'll rank them all uh that would be actually yeah cool so everybody it's no it's no joke you know everybody knows i am a sea of thieves fanboy and i will openly admit that i play it on both on pc and xbox whenever i get the chance well you know I've, I'm in a lot of the forums. I'm in, excuse me, I've been following, I mean, I've been playing the game since before a year. I mean, since second alpha session. I've known things that are coming together. It's the other thing is, is that if you're savvy with how people put things out, I own both the book and the art book right now. That's why I have the lore book, the art book. I will own the novel when it comes out here in the fall. And I haven't got into the comics yet because I'm going to wait for the trade to come out and then I'll pick yes. that up when they have and good move so the, the art is great but i just i don't want to have i want i want to have a heart i like I want I'm, all I'm a trade guy too time. man what they did is people have been like oh there's not enough content there's not this i get i understand the people who say that i understand their their views but then i have my view and my view is i make my content i create i do i i make my own little missions i do things not everybody's like that it is a beautiful game I have heard some people do play it and you can fall asleep. Play it. I will admit I've played it and I have fallen asleep playing the game because it's serene. It's very beautiful. Yeah. And it's not that there's not enough content because there is a lot of content there. Uh, and this is just on my side and me hearing some people talk about the game. I think it's just the fact that what you do in the game doesn't really drive you anywhere except for, you know, legendary, which people do want. But just being able to get cosmetic items, and it doesn't matter if you buy the most expensive sniper rifle, the stats on it are the same as the, you know, the cheapest sniper rifle or, you know, blunderbuss or whatever. I think that's what people's issues are, and that's what they're hung up on. I told you I watched a video today of this ship taking on another ship. The guy stuck himself in a cannon, shot himself. He had, because he was going to kill himself. He has to hit the, the crow's nest. He hits the crow's nest. He falls down. He shoots all four players and they steal all their gold. That's creating content. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's doing things like that. Becoming the better, the best pirate you can be. Aye. <laughs> well, Rare put out their video today, uh, their inside story. And it had both Joe Neat, the executive producer, and it had uh, Chris Chapman. Or not Chris Chapman, Mike Chapman. Sorry. And came up on it. And they were doing their, we're going to tell you the roadmap. First off, before I even dig into this, the roadmap for Sea of Thieves is six major DLC updates before the end of the year. And for free. Yeah. And for that's, free. That's that's crazy huge, man. And these are expansions. They're also going to create weekly events. But the first event that's going to come out, and it's going to come out in a big way, and it'll actually, people will have to figure out quests together. So instead of just being a single ship, you're going to have to figure out how multiple ships kind of figure out how to how to get to this location, how to do the things in there. It is called The Hungering Deep. Each of the names of the DLCs that have been announced actually give uh, allude to what you're going to be taking on there and each dlc also will bring with it new ai threats people were saying the world does not feel threatening enough 
because pirates don't always attack and you. i don't disagree with that yeah so now there are going to be new threats to hungry and deep if you were someone that actually like was to look through the artwork and you were to look through they have they talk about how mermaids are now the mermaids we know in the game right now are these goofy looking ah hey i'm waving my little thing for you come click on me and i'll take you back to your ship the mermaids See, if you followed the game, right after the game, like, had its first gameplay footage, and then they went to, they actually went to San Diego Comic-Con, and they had a panel, and they showed different transformation of pirate to mermaid. Well, what you find out is those are cursed pirates, pirates who have drowned, but instead of going to Davy Jones' locker, they were cursed, and their curse has them start to change from pirate to, like, reptilian, or, or no, amphibian-like monstrosities which are mermaids which look something like the crocodile half little dried up pygmy looking mermaid that they talk about ripley's believe it or not you know rip jo or ripley finding it though for me the hungering deep when they talk about this my this is going to come out in may so it's right around the corner we're going to get our first big update that to me screams we're going to get the mermaids are going to start to come into play. If you look at the art book, you read the art book, you can know that the mermaids were originally planned for game, and they were going to appear like sirens, basically be on the rocks and somehow draw the ships in, and then they would jump and attack and things like that. Now, when I see these things, I see how they would move. They're going to move very quickly in the, in the water. You're going to need different type of weapons I, you know, to fight these things off, I think. You're going to need something with a reach is the first thing I think, but I think melee because if you're underwater for a long period of time, so I instantly think harpoon. Now, we know when they did the people did the data mining because they usually do that harpoons were a thing and we've seen harpoons in game but they were like leaning up and there's different version of them you'll see them in different various locations on the, on the game i instantly think okay that's that's what we're gonna get we're gonna get harpoons and that's gonna be a way to kind of fend off these uh these mermaids also i mean when they come on the land how creepy would it be if they kind of crawled but they slithered but then were kind of like did that jittery kind of movement that they put in horror films yeah, I mean, it, it. it's just, it's pretty cool. But what the big thing is, is that after it's launched, the next step is weekly events. There's going to be weekly events that will create new ways to do the missions or new ways to do missions for other groups. Because what they wanted it is, is they didn't want it to feel like you had to just, to begin Pirate Legend, they don't want it to just feel like you just got to, Go dig up treasure, kill skeletons, or do this. They want you to actually have something to go and do that is entertaining and ever-changing. So each week there will be different events that will grant not only money, but other types of prizes that will be sought after. That's big to add something that besides is. just gold as the currency, something else that you can go and fight for. Uh, on the harpoon front, though, can we get a harpoon gun on the ship? You never know. Is the harpoon gun too later on for the era? I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, like, no. Because if we could go so, whale hunting, that'd be awesome. Or well, shark hunting with the harpoon gun. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the art book, they talked about different creatures they had in. They had a megalodon in there as a creature. Oh, really? That would have... Yeah. And if you've seen the preview for the movie, the Meg, I mean, that's going out there in the fun thing but the meg we will talk about that'll be something we talk about next week and that's going to be in trailer talk. gotcha next thing update is going to be in the summer now this is connected to the big update that we knew we were going to get 
in June, which is where that was going to also include the first DLC, uh, paid DLC stuff that you can get, which is the microtransactions for like pets and stuff. And that's going to be like when you get the, the pets, but this one's called Cursed Sales. And they said that the Cursed Sales will include, not only will it include a new AI threat on the seas, which Cursed Sales, at that Sendio comment, we saw ghost ships. When I hear Cursed Sales, I think that we're going to have AI ghost ships coming for us. Like the movie? That'd be awesome. Well, the other thing that they mentioned with this, Mike Chapman goes in to talk about the fact that there's going to be and funny that Mike Chapman's the one to bring this up because he was interviewed at may have been PAX East last year or it may have been, I can't remember which one it was. He was interviewed by the Crow's Nest and Jay from the Crow's Nest and they were able to, he was talking to him and he kind of, he did the kind of the same thing that Joe Neat did when I got to interview Joe Neat and Joe Neat talked about the sloops before the sloops were officially announced. And then like a week later, he, they officially announced them. Well, Mike Chapman had talked about bigger ships and then they kind of alluded to it anyway and then they went away from it. Summer, they talk about the cursed sails. There's going to be a new AI threat, including, you know, the still the threats that we're going to have of the skeletons, uh, the Kraken, and, you know, whatever the else the other things are, aka, I think, the mermaids. But this new AI threat, people are thinking on the forums that the thing goes ship. Well, because that just goes not in line with cursed sails. Because these names you keep hearing these different names, you think, okay, so that must be that must be this. Yeah, I would I would totally be into that. Tomas, DK, what's going on, man? So Tomas says, see if Thieves will never be a full fledged game. They released it too early in the content less. People will disregard it no matter what they bring. You know, it's I I don't feel that way. But I mean I can I can understand if people pick up the game and they decide that they, it's not something that's that's their jam. I'm not all the way on Thomas's side or I'm all the way on your side. I'm kind of more in the middle there. I do enjoy playing with people. I don't think it's really great for me as a solo game. But at, at you, I think what people need to do at this point is actually watch CFE's new update video that you had me watch before the podcast started. And actually that got me really excited because the content that they're bringing is free for one. So basically you got to hang in there a little bit. And if you think they released it too early i understand you know i'm not gonna say they didn't or, or did not that's your opinion and it can't be hard for to play a game that if can feel like the early like the early release stuff like the stuff that we pay like uh you play 30 dollars and you get age of code or you get conan exiles and then they're going to go put out the when they launch here may 8th where the game basically has changed from what it started as to now it's more of like a full-fledged game with a Dark Souls feel to it. And that's going to sell for like 60, I think 60 bucks when it comes out. But I didn't pay that because I had an opportunity to pay for early release. So I can see. And that's kind of that's kind of like on the PUBG front too yeah, or the Fortnite a- front where you're only paying 30. Obviously there's issues and you know there's issues and there's bug issues. See if Thief doesn't have any bug issues. It's a laid out game. Now, if, you, if the content side of things, I can't argue with that because I'm kind of on that side. But if you watch that video and they're talking about six new DLCs, more threats, maybe ghost ships would be incredible, uh, scary, freaky mermaids. I mean, things, this pirate world could really be expanded on, and I think it would be a full-fledged, all-around, you know, triple-A game that everybody can sink their teeth into. And maybe not everybody right now, and I totally get it, you know. Yeah, I mean, and one of the things is, is that it, we got other games that are out, that, that came out, and like, when the division came out, division was so hyped. Like I was a big, yeah. I was in the, I was on the community team for Rogue Agent Radio, and when that game came out, like everybody was hyped about it. We, I mean, I remember I got through the story and the campaign. And then like, what was this? it? Was the grind in the dark zone? And it, yeah, I was 
I was frustrated. It took me a while to sink my teeth into that game, and it actually took me a while to jump in and actually start enjoying it. Actually, it was the community on PlayStation that actually helped me out figure out the gear side of things and helped me grind in the Dark Zone. The game has changed so much now with just their content that they've added into it. I think that game came out with a lot of content, though, so I understand. And Thomas Thomas does not like our comments on that. He says, wow, it's like you've never seen a game launch ever. We've seen game launches before, man. We we understand. We're not sitting up here and saying that Sea of Thieves is not, is not the greatest game launch of all time. Uh, I don't think either one of us would say that. Yeah, they had, it was a rough Server launch, issues. Man. You had the Xbox One Pass, so you had a lot of trolls on there. Not being able to do the raids because other ships would show up and basically just knock you out of it and just keep you occupied and try to sink your ships. You can never actually get the raid done. That was all frustrating. But now the 14 days have passed, and the last couple times I've played, the servers have been pretty clean for me. I've had really issues. I've, 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 fought, uh, I've fought ships, but, um, you know, just straightforward. Yeah. So the second thing we got going on with the summer with that was, so this would be towards the end of the summer. You're probably looking at like in August. Uh, it was Forsaken Shores. Forsaken Shores is basically being talked about in the in the uh, forums and stuff like that. Because of the here, the shores and things like that, instantly people start starting to think like an actual uh, boots on the ground raid style. Something more akin to what the Goonies went through when they were trying to find when they were trying to find the treasure and there's booby traps and everything like that. And they kind of allude a lot more to this too when uh, Mike Chapman's talking and Joe Need are talking about the roadmap and everything. They're, they're talking about how they wanted to bring more stuff in to the world to populate basically what they had going on and that they they admit they have a great they have a good base but it's time to expand upon that and they're listening definitely to their fans. I, I don't disagree with that at all there is a world out there that can be filled with a ton of great content on there outside of that there's one other game that we wanted to talk about this week which we want to talk about uh far cry 5 i know you've been spending a lot of time with that yeah i was just looking at my hours on that i think i'm 26 hours into that game this is a sandbox game think of grand theft auto in the middle of montana where basically everything's blow, you can blow everything up. You could drive any vehicle, any plane, any helicopter, any boat. Think of it like that. Now, if anybody's a huge fan of the Far Cry series, and I actually haven't played a single Far Cry game yet. This is my first one. And so reading the differences between the last couple Far Cry games and this one, I was super happy that I started playing this one. Because before, you wouldn't be able to upgrade yourself, basically give you perks, and you can upgrade to enhance your character and, and your playability in different ways. Maybe you, you want to uh, be able to hold more ammo or carry more affiliates that will help you fight, you know, uh, militants. Or you want to be able to ease your fishing time or, you know, hunting, you know, something like that. They have so many different... There's probably like 32 of them that you can enhance your gameplay. A lot of mine were, you know, increase my health. You basically enter in as a, a rookie cop and you're flying in a helicopter with a marshal who is bringing somebody from Eden's Gate. Now, Eden Gate is this cult that's basically taken over Hope County in the middle of Montana. And now you're in a you're in a valley in Montana and you're basically surrounded by mountains. So you basically are flying into the middle of nowhere. And the sheriff is trying to talk in the marshal of turning around. Let's not do this. And the marshal's like, I'm not scared of anybody. I'm turn I'm I'm gonna arrest Joseph C, the leader of this cult. And the game starts from there because 
you try to arrest them and something happens, you're basically off on your own. I don't want to ruin the first 10 minutes of the game for anybody because that was some of the most compelling uh, cinematic I've seen in a video game in a long time that really pulled me into the game. And actually another co-host of our Silver, me and her were talking about it. We're like, whoa, that's incredible. Actually, Chris Nunez was like, that's incredible too. And he's kind of fallen off the game so far, but he admits the beginning of this was really like, ooh, that just sucks you right in. Now for Far Cry fans, you have... Your vehicles that you can buy in this game, you have boats you can buy in this game, you have planes and helicopters, and you can have your different spawn locations throughout the map when you unlock them. And you can also unlock different guns, different grenades, uh, C4, sticky bombs, so and then different ammo too, like like armor piercing, exploding, uh, exploding uh, shotgun shells, uh, so many different things that. It gives you a lot to sink your teeth into for your character alone to try to build it up. With that, that got me hooked in right away. Now, the the territory they're in is Hope County, and it's broken into three regions. The first region, there's doesn't matter which one you take on first, actually. But you have Joseph Seed, who calls himself the father, who's the middle brother. He's the leader of the cult. Then you have jo- Jacob Seed, the older brother, who's ex-military, so he's more weapons based. Um, things, stuff like that. John C., the youngest brother, was a lawyer. He believes in the word yes. Actually, he has in his region a big yes sign, like Hollywood above him, that uh, he always wants to make people say yes, um, agree to something, almost like the Jim Carrey movie. And then Faith Seed is actually an adopted sister, youngest. Uh, Joseph's voice in the game. Faith acts as a divine instrument of chaos to keep congregation in a state of bliss and they keep bringing up this bliss it's this weird plant that they grow it's actually kind of like a chemical drug and when they give it to you they'll make you one control you two do make you do things and even yourself in the game that you don't know what that you're doing and so that's how they kind of keep control of their cult throughout the whole game so that's basically the layout of the game is that you are now a rookie, you're on your own, and you have to take on these leaders of this cult. And you start having to liberate different parts of the Hope County to gain more respect, more friends in the county that are civilians, and that actually builds up your reputation for each uh, region. And when your reputation builds up to a certain point, then you can actually go take on one of the cult leaders. So it doesn't let you just fly through the story mode. You actually have to go through and do some of the side missions, ancillary missions, go hunting. You can go kill bears. Damien, I know you like that. You can go, you can go shoot bears with a sniper rifle and collect their skins. Wolves, drugged out wolves. They actually drug bears too. add the bliss to them. So like this scary werewolf, it starts off hooking you in with all these different things that it can, you can actually bring yourself into the game, which that's what I love in games. I, I get hooked into that. It sinks its teeth into me and I, and I keep wanting to develop my character more. So that's when I, I initially I got hooked onto. Now, after I beat, I'd say a region and a half, I started getting tired of the cutscenes. I started getting tired of each time talking to somebody, I got to listen to them, I'd hit B, they kind of move on. And then I'd go back to where I could spawn a helicopter and I would fly that to each mission because I would just blow everything up quickly with the helicopter. I was kind of moving through it a little bit faster. So on the point of Chris, who said he got tired already at the beginning of the game of those type of things... I completely understand. Each region has like you got to blow up 20 of these things or rescue 40 of these things. They are different missions, but they're the kind of the same mechanics that you have to use in each one of them. Some of the cooler stuff is the fishing, the hunting, and then 
Also, some of the times you got to dive into the water to go find something. That that's that's fun too. Or taking out uh, each region has a different type of armed car that's bringing in supplies. So the first region that I played was like three big trucks that have mounted 50 caliber guns on it, and you have to take those out. The other one was boats. The other one was helicopters, and that's fun to do because it's really hard to do. Now I would normally. <sighs> There's a lot to this game. There's a lot to sink their teeth in. On IGN, they gave it an 8.9. Metacritic, 81. GameSpot, 9 out of 10. Digital Trends, 6 out of 10. I usually like Digital Trends scores a lot. I'll say that a lot. They're a Portland-based company. Uh, I don't think they favor to one game or another or Xbox or PlayStation or PC. I think they're pretty honest. I would give this game... I would have gave this game a 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10, sorry. And I actually could talk about all the different missions for another 15 or 20 minutes, but this podcast can only be so long, Damien. But there's a lot more that I'm leaving out that is in this game that's enjoyable for other people that other people would like more than I would like. This is the second Far Cry that I haven't picked up yet. Like, the first one that I... Like, I have all of them except for Primal. And then I haven't... I played this one okay. at uh, PAX West uh, last year. I really, really liked it. I want it. I just haven't... There's so much out there. I just haven't had the time to pick it up. For me, it's always been about the multiplayer and level building, though. Like, I loved being able to create, and they just give you the paintbrush. You can paint the levels. I would take two weeks, usually, to put out, to, to work on a map, and then put it out. And that was kind of my kind of my thing. I know that there's the ability to do that stuff in here. And, in fact, I know that people have created maps to try to basically emulate PUBG. Um, there's a lot you can do in it. I'm sure I'm, this is something that I would love for us to touch back on when we have silver on just to get kind of like a, a, a more of a, a rounded group and then a group a roundtable discussion. Hopefully by then I'll have it and I'll actually be able to try it. I still have Wolfenstein 2 and I haven't played it. It's still in the package. On the point of the multiplayer, I've been trying to get to play with silver and a couple other people and I really haven't been able to get in linked with them. So I have not done that. Now, there is an arcade side of this game where at any point you could jump into an arcade game or they'll have a poster that you could jump into the arcade side of things that are extremely fun. Like the arcade posters, the arcade games are more like you'd see like old school Atari Nintendo type style. And then the arcade posters are different little side missions that you have to run a gauntlet on. And they're fun. Uh, you can you can do so many different ones of them that could keep you busy forever. Also, they're going to start doing weekly events, the multiplayer side of things, the world building that you're talking about. Now, I said I would give it a 7 out of 10, but I'm actually raised my score by the end of the game because I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Now, at the end of the game, something happened that I've never seen happen before in a video game, and I can't ruin the ending. You can make a decision at the ending. I made my decision. You have a chance to make your decision when the game has went after, let's say, a couple months so we don't ruin anything. We'll say it's a spoiler. We'll talk about the two different decisions that you can make at the end of this game. I made mine. I was blown away because I've never seen a game end like that before. And actually, I when the credits started rolling, I just sat back on my couch. And I was like, wait a minute. What did I just do? That's it? So I want to go back and I want to pick a decision. You know, I want to be able to do a different uh, decision and see what the outcome is. Far Cry 5, though, it's really a great game. And with all the DLC, if you know Far Cry, like they're, they're basically going back and they're going to be doing a lot of the stuff with that. We'll have to talk more about that at a later time. One thing I wanted to say before we just hopped out of games well, was we did mention that, you know, we figured it would be we would see a new Splinter Cell here soon. And we got confirmation about that. In fact, we yes. got confirmation that Michael Ironside is back 
as the voice of Sam Fisher. And he is coming because the one thing is is that Ubisoft wanted yep. to start uniting all the Tom anything Tom Clancy was going to be united into the same world. And they've been doing that since the division. And one of the things that they did is they've been bringing different things together. Well, now Sam Fisher is going to go and meet up with some of his buddies. He's going to go meet up with the ghosts. I was so excited to see this. I would have totally put it in the game notes today, but we have so much to talk about. But Ghost Recon War, Splinter Cell, Mash Together. Ah! Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. We really should be playing. Like, the multiplayer is awesome, but we should also play the campaign because I have not beat the campaign. I don't have all the guns, and I don't have the DLC. I want to get the DLC because there's there's ways where it sets you up as being hunted, and that would be a great thing for us to do, like, a Let's Play and have the cast playing together and just kind of, you know, goofing off and stuff like that. It would be something fun. And there's so much to do in that game. I mean, and I've beat probably 70% of it. Yeah, but when you're playing as a, with friends everything changes. It's like, hey, what was that sound? Did you just throw a grenade? Oh, yeah, I just threw a grenade. Hey, where'd you throw it at? Oh, God, that's right next to me. Next, what we're going into is we're going to hit up on our show recaps. So Netflix, I wanted, I'm want i going to go over just a couple of these really quickly. There's two ones that didn't get the love that I feel they should. Uh, I watched the movie, the Netflix original movie, Game Over, man, which has the guys from Workaholics on it. And I had a blast with it like it it was fun like i really i enjoyed it now is it this is a blockbuster that i would have like gone and paid to see hell no but the fact that it was connected to my netflix account and i got to see it because i pay for netflix it was original content that entertained me and at, when i was done i was like hey i laughed that was fun it's a stupid comedy with a lot of blowing up of limbs basically over the top yeah. explosions and stuff and it's just fun. I mean, if you just, it, it's just a fun movie. I understand that Rotten Tomato is at 9%. Audience score is at 50%. I get the 50% because I'm on the 50% of like, it was just fun. And maybe I'm biased. I love Adam, Adam Anders, and Blake. I love Workaholics. I like the stuff they do. So maybe I'm a tiny bit biased there. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be right there with you. Maybe, maybe, maybe a little bit on the biased side. But, you know, I do also like things that make fun of game, video game humor, you know, and things like that. And that's what this was. This was uh, this was total schlock. And then they even leave it up for a potential sequel. And the thing is, is that enough people like it on Netflix. I don't put it past Netflix to say, hey, you know what? We're going to make a sequel. Who cares what the uh, what the ratings are? Because they can make a sequel for for what they make pennies on the dollar. You know, and you yeah. could throw another one together. And I'm sure the guys would just like, hey, we're working. But the next one was when I saw the trailers for this, I thought this was something that was going to theaters, but it, it didn't. It was actually a Netflix original. I'm talking about The Titan. It's about a bunch of soldiers that volunteer from around the world. And we're, in, we're going into a future where we're running out of resources. We're fighting. We don't know how long. We have about 10 years left on Earth before things just start basically completely collapsing having to rapidly find a way to be able to colonize a new planet, a.k.a. the planet Titan. They start doing these genetic research stuff with the guys, or with, with these soldiers. And, you know, it's kind of funny because when you're watching this, I was watching the, the film, and it stars, it stars Sam Worthington. And what was, it was really interesting with, with this because I look at it, I'm like, oh, it's Sam Worthington uh, as a blue as, as a blue creature. 
again, it's like it. I, I wonder how much he actually took on from his ability, from his stuff that he played as Avatar, and if he was, I feel like he was probably cast because of his his role in Avatar. However, or because if he's already been in a Titan oh, movie before, <laughs> yes, I did. Clash of I Titans. Didn't even think of that, <laughs> but. He actually becomes one of two. Uh, well, anyway, I don't want to go too far into it, but he just—he's someone who winds up becoming evolving, and it also has uh, Game of Thrones or uh, also Deadpool two alumni. Oh, okay. Uh, Natalie Emmanuel, and she does a really good job in it with for what the parts that she is in it, and for me. It was an enjoyable sci-fi drama. I think that people, when they see the preview, I think they think that this is going to be like some type of horror flick, and that's not what it is. You're getting a family, st- like you're getting a family drama, and it's got deep roots in you know the you know what you would do to try to protect your family and you know humanity for the future. You know, and that's kind of what this is about. And I I, I enjoyed it. I'm. I will I watch it again. Yeah, I probably will watch it again if I like want to show someone else. Say, hey, have you seen this? Watch it. Uh, but yeah, I, I'd say it's a little above a five for me. So I'd say it's about a five five point five for me. Uh, it gets. I am IMDb rates it a four point nine out of ten. So for me, it's like a little. It's about a five point five. Rotten Tomatoes. It gets a sixteen percent. But the thing is, is it's it's fun. Watch that has both it has enough action and story that it, i didn't find myself lagging behind at any time where i was like oh this is gonna this is taking too long anything like that definitely lacy uh, my wife watched it and she told me don't watch it it's not good <laughs> that's probably because she thought she probably thought it was going to be the horror she absolutely that's what she thought <laughs> yeah and it's yeah. not it's not i i knew going in that it wasn't i knew that it was a drama and I, I, I really like Sam Worthington, and if, uh, if you know, like he's shown in more recent stuff that he's done that he knows how to do drama very well. And then you, we're gonna go into this is the kind of like the the because I haven't had that was basically the stuff that I've seen. I haven't been able, I haven't watched much TV. And so I wanted, we're going to just turn this right on over. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go through this pretty quickly, but I'm going to hold off on Jessica Jones because I have way too much to say about it and we're running out of time. And I know it's been a couple weeks, but I, I really did enjoy Jessica Jones season two. And it's been a love loss for a lot of fans out there. So I want to be able to dive into that. And that way we can stream it at the, maybe earlier on the show, get some feedback from some people and, and go back and forth with some, uh, some listeners. Let's, let's just dive right into the season three of Love, Netflix, Judd Apatow, Mickey and Gus, and their weird relationship return for the third season and the final season. Gilliam Jacobs as, Mikkel, as Mickey is great again. Best part of the show to me is, is her, and I, for some reason, I have a big crush on Gillian uh, Jacobs, and I, I have it in, 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 in Love because she's girl with a bunch of problems and for some reason i'm attracted to that um <laughs> exterior she's very confident in this season and internal she still has questions about herself a love addict and a drug addict and making sure she's not doing that and she's not she's been she was clean this season and then we have paul rust as gus basically 
Gus is the counter argument to this relationship where one person in the relationship can't quite settle in. And Gus can never really settle into the relationship. He's always feeling like that she's going to leave him for something or she's going to get mad at him. He's always questioning what he's doing. And actually, we see a little bit more out of Gus this season because we actually meet Gus's family. Where in the first season, we met Mickey's dad. And in the third season, we actually meet Gus's mom and dad, brother and sister, and we find out how dysfunctional it is. We actually spend an episode with them, um, how crazy it kind of can be in his world a little bit, and actually kind of show how his brother kind of would always dominate things and his dad wouldn't listen to him. And because they find out that when Gus actually made it to Hollywood, he was actually hooked with a famous uh, producer, but he kind of ruined that because of his tantrum tantrums. And we see that in season one where he throws all the DVDs. We see it when he throws the laptop on the show that he works on when he was in the writer's room. And this season, we should see him throw the biggest tantrum tantrum and actually see his character evolve a little bit, which is great. Again, this is the last season of Love. Directed by Judd Apatow. I love when he directs these type of things. These love romantic comedies. This one was a romantic comedy with a little twist. Because of all the the the, uh, the relationship that Mickey has with uh, drugs and alcohol and stuff like that. And how out of control she could be. And this season we do get less of Gus's friends. And the musical side of things. Where they play music for movies that don't have a theme song. Which I really enjoyed. Like in season one. I really loved it man. I, I love those scenes. This seems to be like a running... Thing with his Judd Apatow's films because if you think about Knocked Up they had this thing about movies and they were trying to come up with their own Mr. Skin site right <laughs> until they found and, out Mr. Skin until they <laughs> found Mr. Skin was a thing right <laughs> yeah and, and so that was the thing in his movies and then they did something very similar in uh this is this is 40 and so it feels like he, he's got this thing that he kind of runs with and like he puts something in with these characters in with movies. And this season, though, in the end, they do a, do a live show. So him and his friends get up on stage and do a live show. So they do give you some of that. And I'm happy about that because I, I liked it. This season does give you a wrap up. Birdie, Mickey's roommate, has some things going on in her life. Gus and his career side, Mickey and her sobriety side. And they kind of wrap it up in a nice tight ball. And they give it to you on a platter. And I didn't mind it. I enjoyed it. It's actually getting around 100% on Rotten Tomato. The audience is 86. Metacritic is 77. I know. It's getting crazy good reviews. I loved it. I loved all three seasons of it. Um, If you have not watched it, start watching season one now. You'll fall in love with it. And I'm going to move right on. Crashing on HBO. Season two. This is a Pete Holmes driven Show written and produced by Pete Holmes. He's a stand-up comedian. First season, he loses his wife. His wife's a Christian. He's a Christian. Very faith-driven relationship. And she kind of loses her faith a little bit. And she goes one direction. So he goes a different direction. And he's trying to keep his faith. But also be a stand-up comedian in a New York scene. With like Artie Lang and Bill Burr. And just all these crazy degenerate comedians out there that are around him. And he's losing a little bit of his faith as he goes along. In season two, we see him get a new relationship and see how (laughs) he takes that on and how that unfolds. It comes, it goes. Artie Lang is back in there. There's a Bill Burr uh, episode that is... Bill Burr is one of my favorite comedians, but I think it's two episodes Bill Burr is in. So funny. Um, Then at the end, there's a Jeff Ross uh, episode as Jeff Ross is a judge, like doing the, the roast battle thing, and he's a judge of it. Oh my God, I could not stop laughing. Jeff Ross and, and uh, 
uh, Artie Langer in it <laughs> as the judges. Ah, oh. I mean, Sarah Silverman was in season one. It's only episode eight episodes long, 24, 27 minutes. It's getting about 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. IMDb is 7.4 out of 10. Fantastic show. Everybody should watch Crashing on HBO. Now, something that ended a long time ago that's been on my notes forever, Damien, but Damien never lets me get to it, so this is his fault. Shameless, Season 8. I talked about it earlier last year, but ended Season 8. It was one of the best seasons that's been out there. IMDb, 8.7 out of 10. I personally gave it out a 7 out of 10. Rotten Tomato, critic scores around, uh, the audience scores around 80%. The critic score for the whole show is around 100%. I mean... If you can't catch it up on Netflix, Shameless is beautiful. Go ahead. I just started it. Like you told me, I finally started. This is one of those ones where I've been kind of, I was like hesitant. I've started. Uh, it problem is, is I usually put it on when like I'm tired and I want to watch it and I'm trying to, find, but then I, I like, I wake up and I'm like 17 episodes in. <laughs> yeah. I'm like yeah. a lot more episodes because it's like, do you still want to watch? Oh, okay. Yes. We'll go into the next one. Fiona Gallagher's storyline throughout season eight was the most compelling personally for me, but I know most people are going to say that Ian Gallagher storyline with his gay Jesus routine, everything that he was trying to be as a savior for young gay men and women and trying to find a voice for them. Super good. I loved it. Lip had a good storyline. Frank was funny. Storyline kind of fell off for me a little bit. And then you have Carl, Debbie, never really care about those two characters and those two character storylines. Uh, they all go in different directions each season and they all come together each season and then they separate each season and and, and their storylines intertwine. But Carl's just doesn't do it for me and neither is Debbie. But Shameless, I give it a 7 out of 10 for season 8. Catch it up on Netflix. Beautiful. Next week will be Jessica Jones season 2 because you can see him micro-machining this and I have too much to say about Jessica Jones. And, you know, going with the 90s theme, if you're micro-machining, oh shit! Close the door! God damn, you scared the crap out of me. I'm still podcasting. Close the door. God, this is going to be on Twitch Fails. Oh, God. Close the door. Hang on a second. Oh, that was hilarious. Uh, uh, that was hilarious. That was my damn dog. Oh, is that what it was? I thought it was a kid. Yeah. No, he jumped at the door. And that's why, like, when I'm talking to it and it's not looking, then all of a sudden I see this, like, he was, my German Shepherd was on the door leaning against it as it started to crack open and he was scared because he wasn't jumping off so i'm looking and i just see this like black furry mass (laughs) that's standing upright and i'm like what is that and i yelled and then all of a sudden the door opened and i just see this like kind of he was still kind of standing up on two legs and scurrying (laughs) over and then he got down and ran down the stairs i'm like (laughs) damn <laughs> Not good for the heart. I had two rock stars. That was Horrible. hilarious. Oh man. <laughs> okay. That's the way to end the podcast. Uh, that's, the way to, that's the way to end the sh- <laughs> Alright, as Damien is catching his oh, breast, I God. will say where you can find us. Email at geekologist radio at ninjapancake.com. Twitter at geekologist radio minus the T for character restrictions. Web at geekologistradio.com. We're also still working on the web. That website is going to look pretty. I'm excited for it. We'll get some articles up there. And also, you can find us at www.ninjapancake.com. You can also find a lot of other podcasts on it. Pretty cool, like uh, Analog Assault, Our Evening Beverage, and Geek Squatch. If you're looking around for like just 
craziness that the, there is they pick one topic and just go full bore at it and in um, all sorts of amazingness i can't recommend going over and checking them out and interesting thing about geek squatch they wanted to continue to podcast and they started out as a division-based podcast and then moved in to what is now known as geek squatch and i i love the show go check them out also, if you're looking for Sea of Thieves content looking out there, look on YouTube, talk, uh, you know, follow, like, you know, do, do all that. Crow's Nest, Jay over there is an excellent individual. Make sure you're also checking out the podcast uh, that was, you know, one of the guys who was one of the founders of Geekologist Radio. We're talking about Mike Edwards, a.k.a. Abstracticus and Pilot Port Radio. Also, if you want to, if you're talking about, if you want to hear the craziness of a bunch of drunken Aussies, check out Plundercast. They're good friends, uh, good friends of the community and everything. And with that, guys, oh, where can you find us? You can find me <laughs> on Twitter at Nick and PDX and check out my YouTube page, YouTube slash Rip City Army. It's only Portland Trailblazer talk. It's very limited, so if you're in Portland, Oregon, and you like the Trailblazers, just check it out. And you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Damian Nash, all one word. And with that, oh, 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 oh.